Greetings and welcome to Season 3, Episode 14 of the Harmonious Living Podcast. I'm your host, Niamma, and on today's episode, I am so excited to present my special guest to you. Gail Keys Allen is a multiple six-figure mindset, money, and manifestation coach. She works with sexy, brilliant humans who have overcome major challenges in life and are ready to create a business aligned with their soul's work and make a lot of freaking money. And Gail herself has done exactly that, and I can't wait for you to hear from her. Stay tuned. This episode of the Harmonious Living Podcast is sponsored by Harmonic Soul Wellness. Have you been doing the same thing and hoping for different results? Have you been looking to add more variety to your current eating habits? Are you ready for transformation from the inside out? Then the 90 Days to Wellness plant-based eating program is for you. Learn how to stop dieting and start eating to live. You can find us on the web at HarmonicSoulWellness.com or contact us at 619-892-8192. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Harmonious Living Podcast. I'm your host, Niamma. And today, y'all, you need to buckle up. Every time I have a guest, I always say how special my guests are. And today is no different. But this human that I am bringing on today has such a refreshing approach. And I've been fangirling, I have to admit, but it's there's something special about her and you will hear it. And so I'm telling you in advance, buckle up and be prepared to hear things in a way that you might not have heard them before. So it is my pleasure to welcome Gail Keys Allen. Welcome, Gail. Hey, <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Ah, wow. And so just, you know, for those of you who, who don't know, um, I actually first was introduced to Gail through a mutual sister friend of ours, Rukia Michelle, and I'm so grateful for that connection. And so I've, I've observed part of your journey, uh, from afar and, and at a distance. And I was just like, there's something about this sister. I have to meet with her and I have to connect with her. And I'm so glad we have. And it turns out we have a lot of things in common, which just really warms my heart, but for the, the sake of the audience, tell everybody where you're from and how you began your wellness journey. Oh, that's so, like, so much to it. Well, I'm from, originally from New Jersey, a small town called Long Branch, New Jersey. It's on the shore. So I grew up, like, barefoot going to the beach. My house for a long time was three houses from the boardwalk. And so I spent a lot of time on on the beach as far as my wellness journey my wellness journey kind of began with my illness journey 
So, well, let me take it back a little bit. When I, for, for whatever reason in high school, I loved exercise. So this was in the 70s. I'm, I'm old, y'all. This was in the 70s when I was in high school. And I was literally like, we'll go in the weight room and lift weights in the 70s. So not a lot of women were doing that then. So that was my idea back then of wellness. But then I started having a lot of health challenges over the years. And so it really pushed me to go deep into my wellness journey. And I eventually got certified as a health coach and have experimenting with all different ways of eating and supplements and exercise and all the things. And it's just become like naturally part of me. And as the years have gone by, I have added more of the emotional and mental piece to the wellness mm -hmm. for, you know, I used to think more of it as more diet and environment and exercise. But now the wellness piece is a big part. I mean, I mean the, the mindset piece and the intellectual mental part of it is a big piece. Yeah. And, and I want to make sure that I'm clear about how, Wellness is such a big umbrella, and we're going to talk more about that because, um, as you mentioned, it is a holistic thing. And I always find how um, I find it fascinating how pain or challenges or adversity prompt transformation, which then lead to a person getting on a certain mission or, you know, just taking a certain path especially towards healing, not only themselves, but then also helping others to be healed. Right, totally. Yeah, mine started with a back injury mm -hmm. um, when I was in my late 20s and um, I was in a lot of pain. And that back injury kept, um, like I wore, I had to wear a back brace. Can you imagine you're like, I think I was around 28 years old and I'm having to wear, I had a lumbar strain is what they called it. Mm -hmm. And it started like that started setting things off. And over the years, I just started having more and more, more muscular back pain. Then I got pregnant and I, that caused more of it too. And then um, a few years after I got pregnant, I, I used to work out like a maniac. I had gotten certified as um a personal trainer and um I went to the spa in Arizona and I did every damn exercise class they had <laughs> had a ball came home went to squat down to get something out of my suitcase and felt a pop in my back Ooh. and I herniated a disc yes wow um and so it's been years of chronic pain muscular pain um and so i've had i i've had a lot of other illnesses i mean i've had a brain tumor i've had in fact i had a brain tumor back surgery and my thyroid removed in one year period of time oh my so, yeah so i felt like i almost had to focus on my health because i had no choice mm -hmm. um and i didn't i don't do well with narcotics at all so I'm not all for like, you know, pain medicine and drugging myself up. And so it took me down a rabbit hole of experimenting with all kind of alternative therapies, um, cranial sacral therapy and um, 
acupuncture and pain. Like I, I still go to a pain management specialist. He's called a physiatrist. Mm. Um, diet, uh, minerals, all the things. Mm -hmm. So it, it was me. It was always part of me, but when that happened with my back and the other surgeries, it just made me go deeper into figuring out a way to manage my health um, that would keep me living a long time. Yes. And to that point, you said old, you said you were old a little bit. And of course, y'all are going to hear further in the conversation how that's really a joke, the way that she said it. And <laughs> because we we actually believe age is nothing but a number around here. Yes. But I want to touch back on, you know, what you talked about with all of the different things happening at once, because, you know, we are people who are curious and we dive deep into, well, what's really behind that? So at the time, or have you since processed what else was going on with your life or with your thoughts or what have you that maybe contributed to having this kind of double and then triple whammy going on? It, it's so, I've explored that a lot. Mm. Um, I've explored it a lot to the point where now I work with a therapist that deals with chronic pain and trauma. Mm -hmm. And so some of it was childhood trauma. Um, my parents divorced when I was really, when I was 11 years old, there were, there were four of us and my four kids in my family and I was forced, to, and I'm the oldest and I was forced mm -hmm. to be the adult. So I never really had a childhood. I had to take care of my siblings so my mom could work two jobs. Mm. And I was cooking and cleaning and doing homework and all the things mm -hmm. um, with my siblings at 11, 12, really up until I graduated from high school and went to college. So a, a lot of that was, and, and during part of that time, we became homeless and mm. lived in a motel room, four kids and my mom in one motel room. So it was always a lot of fear mm. and lack of safety. Like I, I never felt safety. I never felt safe or secure. Um, and I'm learning that that stays in your body. Mm -hmm. The other piece is, because I grew up poor, I just thought that everyone else was better than me mm. and, and that I was lacking in many ways. And wow. so even, even when I got married, like the guy that I married was kind of like someone that would want to save everybody. I didn't realize it at the time, but and he kind of like avoided his issues Mm. and focus more on other people and so it was like he came and saved me like mm. he came from a normal family mm. you know both parents together and they were middle class and he was college educated and all things I mean I went to college but I still felt lacking because I was poor you know and so I thought oh wow this is my chance to like change my life which it did change my life a lot mm -hmm. but I became dependent on him and the it kind of like the image and what it meant to now have a normal, acceptable family. Wow. Yeah. And oh the, the crazy thing is I have very strong instinct, but I didn't know at the time I thought I was being paranoid. 
like I would get these downloads and then I would like convince myself how bad it was that I had these thoughts about him. Like I would have these thoughts and it's like, Gail, he's such a nice guy. Like stop thinking that and whatever. And then come to find out I, we were married for 19 years together, 24. Mm -hmm. um, come to find out he had multiple affairs and in my soul, I knew something wasn't right, but I mm. thought because on the surface, he seemed like such a nice person from a good family that there was something wrong with me for even having that thought. So I was holding all of this stuff in, holding it all in. And I realized that um, since then too, I've done a lot of work around Louise Hay and You Can Heal Your Life. And back pain has a lot to do with money and wow. feeling insecure with money. And he made a lot of money. So here I thought that was my solution from poverty. You know, even with a degree, I wasn't making that much money either. And so it was like, especially I got married in the 80s. Yeah, the 80s. So even back then, it was like, the man is the head of the household. I know it's still like that for a lot of people. The man's the head of the household. You defer to your man. And I was doing all of that stuff. Um, and it was destroying me inside. I was not being my true self. I was afraid to be my true self. And um, there's this book that talks about unexpressed emotions never die. Mm. We, we hold them in on a cellular level. And yes. that's exactly what I was doing. And I know now that's what was leading to a lot of the illness. And it's interesting, I have not said this to anyone before, but I actually started thinking, do I want to be sick so I can get his attention? Wow. But I really started, because I would get more attention when I was sick. So I wasn't causing my illness. I couldn't cause it. But I just think it made me feel more loved and have more attention because when I was sick, He'd be around more. He'd be taking care of me and doing all the things. So I haven't like totally unpacked that. And we, we've been divorced for a long time. I've been divorced about 17 years, something like that. Um, so I've definitely healed from that and done a lot of work around relationships. Um, but I know now that, that all of that and holding all that inside, it has to come out some, some way. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot to unpack. I'm I'm just pausing because so much of what you said is what a lot of women struggle through. And the first thing about suppressing your instincts. And you know, like you said, the body keeps the score. That's that's one of those books. <laughs> and and yes, I'm very much um, a proponent of people looking for that Louise Hay book um, about healing your life. And you're 100% correct because those feelings that we have, they're energy and that energy has to go somewhere. And so if we're not releasing it in some kind of way, and especially if we don't have a healthy release for it, guess where it's going? It's not going anywhere. It's staying right. locked into us where then it can turn into ailments. Um, that's the first thing. But the other thing that 
you said that was so deep is that, and, and I've talked about this on the podcast recently, um, about rest and how sometimes we will create situations or scenarios unconsciously so that we're allowed to rest. So for example, wearing ourselves into the ground, not making time for our wellness. So therefore we have to make time for our illness. Yes. (laughs) The body will be like, oh, wait, you're not letting me rest. Okay. Hold everything, you know, time out. And so, but we do get, even though it might not seem like it, we do get those secondary benefits from (laughs) being in a state, even though we're not feeling well, but now we're getting something else. Like, so like you mentioned, the attention and the care and the nurturing that you were missing. Yeah, it's kind of deep because it took years of unpacking Mm. things to even come to that. Mm. Um, The other thing I noticed along those lines is, especially now that I'm doing so much inner work and personal development work and transformational work, um, I noticed that I typically get sick before my next level of transformation. Oh, yeah. That is a whole word too. Yes, yes. I I noticed it. Like um, in last November and December, I had bronchitis really bad, mm. and I had to get people to fill in for me for my some of my coaching calls, and um, I was feeling so guilty and feeling really bad about it. But I had up leading up to that point, I had been working a job, getting certified as a coach, like doing doing coaching and working full time and taking care of my grandson and all the things. And it was almost like, I always say, God shuts your butt down. He's just like, <laughs> sit your ass down. It's time yes. for you to stop. Yes. And I, I felt so bad. And I'm like, I had quit my job. I'm not bringing in money because I'm sick. And then in January, it was like everything just bloomed and exploded and Mm. I made 50k in 10 days and it was like what in the world and it's funny because I just have experienced another leveling up but this time it felt like I needed rest Mm -hmm. like what most people would call burnout I don't really call it I I don't like that word because to me it's like I don't know it feels like it's destroying me like mm. just burn me out. And most people, when they go through burnout, they just shut down and give up on what's going on um, and walk away. Um, and then fear being burned out again. But to me, I was, I used it as a signal. Okay, I'm up leveling. Let me get some rest. Mm-hmm. And I literally now, cause I can recognize it intentionally napped and stayed in the bed over the weekend and I got Reiki and actually I go this is all my self-care stuff I go to a stretch loft to get my body stretched which moves your energy and traumas um so I do all of that to keep the energy moving um and I can I can literally feel it in my body when I'm up leveling again it's like my my body has to take everything in and then it's like okay we've absorbed it now it's we're ready to go to the next yeah oh my goodness oh 
That is such a great point. And I think this is a great stopping point for us to take a break because I want to delve into that more, um, that calibration, the recalibration and how the body will tell you when it's ready for you to become the next version of you. So stay tuned, everyone. This episode of the Harmonious Living Podcast is sponsored by Harmonic Soul Wellness. Have you been doing the same thing and hoping for different results? Have you been looking to add more variety to your current eating habits? Are you ready for transformation from the inside out? Then the 90 Days to Wellness plant-based eating program is for you. Learn how to stop dieting and start eating to live. You can find us on the web at HarmonicSoulWellness.com or contact us at 619-892-8192. And welcome back. I hope y'all have your seatbelts on tight. <laughs> Uh, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign because, again, like I said in the beginning, this conversation, we did not come here to play. We came here to open eyes and minds and hearts. And so you said something so powerful in the previous segment about how something will happen right before the up level. And, and I'm sure y'all recognize this too, that when you make a decision that you want to start doing something good for your life, then here comes adversity. Here come contrasts. Some people call it Satan. You know, uh, some people say it's the devil, but whatever you call it, there's this challenge that steps in right before your next breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk a little bit more about that because so that we don't get thrown off and feel like, okay, I need to give up, but rather, oh, okay, I see you. And now let me do what I need to do to keep going and to push forward. So talk a little bit about that, how you even, you know, got to that place of like knowing what you need to do to move on and to move forward experimenting wanting to feel better like mm -hmm. I used to say god you sure have an interesting sense of humor <laughs> yeah. because seriously every time I would declare something or ask for something or attempt to move in a different direction or learn something new or make more money whatever it is the challenge comes mm -hmm. and I say god just testing you to see how serious you are yeah. Are you talking smack? Or are you really serious about what you say you want? Yeah. And so to me, for me, when you know yourself, you're clear about when you're in those moments. And then I learned over time, okay, how can I help myself through this? How mm -hmm. can I support myself through this? Because mm -hmm. it feels hard. It does feel like you want to give up. Yeah. But when you know what it is and you recognize what it is and you get support, it's so much easier to get through. Like I literally 
because I'm a coach and I believe in coaching. And I literally, if I know that something challenging is good, like when I quit my job, that's just an example. I knew I had been on that job for 16 years. I knew, first of all, leaving a job after 16 years is tough, but leaving to start your own business where you're everything's you're risking it all. I knew it had to like settle in my body. And I literally made scheduled coaching calls for like after I put in my resignation, the day I put in my resignation, I got on a coaching call. The day after my last day of the job, I got on a coaching call. I scheduled acupuncture or or a therapy appointment. I I am like proactive around my healing because mm-hmm. I have a history of holding things in and it's expressing itself in different illnesses. So now I get ahead of it. And it's just because I'm very intentional now. And that is so smart. <laughs> it's so smart to do it proactively and not only to do it proactively, but to realize that you don't have to do it by yourself. That is like, that's a different approach that I haven't heard people talk about before that, you know, mm-hmm. oftentimes when we decide we're going to do something bold, um, we we feel like, okay, I'm doing this. And, and, you know, sometimes people might not have folks around them that they feel like they can walk hand in hand with. You might be the only person who has this vision that you're um, pursuing and, and maybe, you know, who's around you is not on board with it. And so you might not feel like you have that, but I would say if you do not have that, um, it's important to surround yourself in communities where at least you have one person, um, that can be a cheerleader for you and, um, give you some kind of encouragement when you're, um, especially when you're doing something new. Yeah. Um, I did not have those people around me. Most mm. of the people around me were encouraging me to stay small. Mm-hmm. And, and because they were concerned about me and my safety and, you know, that I'm like doing things off the traditional path. Mm-hmm. And so I had to seek out people that were doing the things that I aspire to do. Like I hired a coach who was a CPA, like I wasn't a CPA, but I was account an accountant, but she's a CPA who got certified as a life coach, quit her job and helps other women leave their job. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, who's better to support me than someone that's already been there? Because when I would talk to my friends and family, they would try to talk me out of quitting. Mm-hmm you're going to leave that good job with that easy money and you've been there all this time. And what about your retirement and all this stuff? And Mm. my life is bigger than that. And I knew my life was bigger than that. So I had to search for the support that I knew I needed to keep moving on my journey. Yeah. Oh my God. And this is, oh man, see, you got me over here want to jump up and down and shout because that's the thing, <laughs> knowing that there's something more for you, knowing that there's something in your life that you're meant to do or that you want to do. And so coming out of the space of comparison, 
um, which you alluded to earlier with, you know, the whole family dynamics and, and your um, husband and, and all of that, your, your ex-husband, but then the sense of worthiness to even say, yes, I can have a better life. Yes, I can have a bigger life. Yes, I can show up in a way that is different than I ever have before, whether anybody else believes it or not. Yeah, that's it was a big jump. And to be honest with you, it came out of feeling so miserable with the current circumstances that I was just like, I, I just knew I deserved better. You know, it's like, I'm smarter than this. I'm mm. more capable than this. I don't want to be held back any longer. And it got to the point, I, I say to people all the time, like, when you get sick of your own damn self, you'll do something. Because mm -hmm. it takes us getting sick of ourselves and totally frustrated where we're in a corner. We feel like we're backed in a corner and there's nowhere else to go. Mm. And it's like, okay, let me put my big girl panties on and claim what's mine because nobody's going to give it to me. 100%. And <laughs> you said something Um I was on, I had the privilege of being on your coaching call earlier today. You did a, a pop-up workshop and I was just taking notes. And um, one of the things that you talked about was deciding to have an amazing life versus a boring life. And yeah. it's like, we 100% get to do that, y'all. You know, we are co-creators and we get to give ourselves permission. Sometimes, especially as women, we think we need to get co-sign and we think we need to get permission from other people but the permission starts from within totally. yes it I just knew I didn't want to go out like that mm. with, with with just an average life like mm. I, we come here for so much more and mm -hmm. we hold ourselves back because we're afraid and I was tired of being afraid mm -hmm. literally I was tired of being afraid I knew I wanted more Mm -hmm. And I was willing to put myself out there and figure it out, like seriously mm. determined to figure it out, like literally to figure out how to have new friends and have a new uh, elevated mindset similar to where I wanted to go, mm. to travel more, to have work that I love, to have a love life that was meaningful and mm. not based on fear. So I have done the work in all of those areas to push past my comfort zone and to mm -hmm. create an amazing, amazing life. And the thing about it is when I was married, we had a bigger house than I have now. We had fancier cars than I have now. We went on way more trips than I do now. Like I had like the American dream, mm -hmm. um, but I was miserable. And now I'm living my freaking dreams, even though it doesn't look like I thought it should look like. Mm. <laughs> wow. And that's the thing is so much of what we do is about what we think it looks like. And we care so much about what other people think about us and what we're doing mm. and what other people say about it and um y'all I'm going to encourage you to go back and listen to 
um, the episode that I recently did on um, comparison being the thief of joy. But it is just so remarkable that we do, um, we have all of these um, ideas and perceptions about what kind of life we think people are having, right? Because of what it looks like. And like you said, you know, you can have all those trappings, but if your soul is not feeling fed, if you're not doing something that feels like fun to you, then, you know, what are you waiting for? Like, I mean, it's, it's so important to include play and to allow ourselves to have fun and to enjoy this life. Totally. Yes. I, I I cannot even imagine going back to the way things were. Mm. So I've just given myself permission, permission, mm-hmm. permission. I want to keep saying that permission to have an amazing life, to have fun. Mm-hmm. We have to give ourselves permission because nobody tells us that. Like we literally think, and this drives me crazy. Like people always ask me, you retired yet? Do you still work? What are you doing? And it's like, I work. I'm never retiring. Because to me, when I think, and everybody thinks differently about it. But for me, I think like the whole idea of retiring is like sending me out into the pasture mm-hmm. to wait to die. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm living it up till I can't think straight or can't move. One yes. Of the other. Yes. I 100% agree with you. And yeah, that that old paradigm of retirement as something that you defer, you're in, you're deferring, you know, living your best life, you're deferring fun and enjoyment and rest until you've, you know, worked yourself to the bone at whatever job or career for however many years, maybe you get a gold watch, maybe not. And then this idea that you just stop and you just you know, maybe you've saved up some money and so now you can travel and maybe now you can do the things that you always wanted to do. Maybe if you're healthy enough, or maybe, you know, you are, um, if you haven't taken care of yourself now, maybe you're dealing with ailments, which make it difficult for you to actually fully enjoy the things that you wanted to do that you had put off doing. And I say, no, (laughs) we don't have to do that, y'all. That's the cult of average paradigm. We get to choose a whole new paradigm. We get to make it up in our minds, the whole new paradigm about right now, because that's what we have is the right now. Totally. But nobody nobody ever told us this or gave Mm -hmm. us permission. Mm -hmm. So I'm here to give everybody that's listening to permission to create the life that you have always dreamt of no matter how old you are no matter how much money you have no matter what you think is possible it's all possible all you have to do is believe that it's possible and that you can create it and the evidence will start showing up the help will start showing up Mm. the support all the things will show up when you decide you want something different so many things that I created for myself, I couldn't see. I couldn't see that even a year ago. Mm. Like I, I couldn't see it at all, but I had to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And it it the way appears. 
It really does. Yes, 100%. Oh my God, I think this is a perfect segue and a perfect time for us to take a short break. But when we come back, um, we're going to talk about the how, how you did it, um, because I love, that's one of the things I love about your journey is that it's showing me evidence. Um, and you said something really important that I don't want to miss, which is talking about faith. So the belief that you can do something and having faith the size of a mustard seed, y'all hang on. We will be right back. And welcome back, y'all. <laughs> This conversation is just giving me so much life. And right before the break, we talked about having faith the size of a mustard seed. And, and Gail shared um, something with me that we'll, we'll talk about. But earlier today, you talked about an, af an acronym that you have for the word faith. So talk about that. Um, and then let's talk about having faith the size of a mustard seed. How does that show up in yeah. your life? I just knew in order to have the life that I desired, I had to believe it was possible. And so I just started playing around with the word faith because my ex-husband, his grandmother lived to 106. Wow. Yes. And one time we went to Sedona, Arizona, and... My ex, grandma, and my daughter, they all wanted to go on a helicopter ride. Gail did not want to go on no helicopter. <laughs> I didn't even like flying, more or less getting on a helicopter. And come to find out, you had to have four people in order to take the ride. They had to it set five people with this person riding it, driving it, moving it, whatever. Um, I said, I'm not going. And the people were like, well, we can't, you know, take them out unless we have one more person. So you're pretty much like holding it up. And we went back and forth and the ladies tell me, we'll give you the best pilot we have. And it's very safe and secure. And in my mind, I was like, mm -mm. so <laughs> grandma walks over to me and she, I'm five foot eight. She was like maybe five feet. Five one maybe she looked up at me and said where is your faith wow oh my god oh wow it gave me chills at the time she was 90 maybe I don't know eight, late 80s and she wanted to get on the helicopter and I'm saying to myself if grandma can do it surely I can do it and when she said where's your faith it just sent chills down my spine yeah, You know, this little old lady look at me in my eyes. And so I took the helicopter ride with the rest of the family. It was amazing. It was so amazing. Nothing like I had made up in my mind. <laughs> and um, it became kind of like a lesson for me in faith. And mm. so along this journey, um, when I started doing my coaching work, I just knew that faith like I kept thinking about my mother. My mother used to talk about having faith the size of a mustard seed all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, she's deceased. And I think about a lot of things that she said. And one day I just thought, I'm going to buy something with a mustard seed. I didn't even know. Like she had a necklace years when I was a kid, but I didn't know they still sell it or anything. So I bought, which I keep on my desk, a necklace that talks about you have the faith 
as small as a mustard seed, nothing will be impossible to you. Mm -hmm. And I look at it every day and it just reminds me of what's possible. So when I started teaching a lot about making money and changing your life, faith is a big component. And so I created an acronym, fully anticipate it to happen. Love it. So if you have faith, that you can quit your job and, as I say, make a lot of freaking money, even though you might not know how it's possible, but you have that desire and you have the faith, it's on. It's mm -hmm. happening. There is yes. no doubt because you're expecting, you're fully anticipating it to happen. Yes. So and you don't welcoming live, it. <laughs> yes. So you don't live in that doubt. Yeah. You keep holding on to the faith. And I've found that that has taken me a long way. Yeah. And it's so funny because so many of us can say, oh, yes, I have faith. I'm faithful and this and that. But like faith is like a muscle. We have to exercise yeah. it. It's not enough to just say it. Totally. We have to then embody it and act as though. So tell everybody how you when you made your mind up that you wanted something different how you got started, and then also what age you were, because I want folks to get the fact that regardless, if if age is the reason why you're telling yourself and you can't do something or you think it's too late, it is not too late. It just starts with the belief and a decision. So how did you get started? Yeah, I would say in my 40s, I started getting curious. Mm -hmm. And and hoping that I could change my life, but not really believing. So I read a lot of books and went to some retreats and that kind of thing, but nothing really changed very much. And I'm 66 years young. Hey. And yes, <laughs> and if you see me, you'll see how young I am. Um, and my attitude just about life in general. But um, three, three years ago, in, in January of 2019, I lost my hearing in my left ear from an allergic reaction to CBD oil, which wow. everybody thinks it's so crazy. Well, it was crazy. I have gotten a lot of my hearing back, but I was I had to work for four months, physical therapy. I was in the hospital, all kind of stuff. And when I went back to work, first of all, they were trying to get me to retire. And that I was like, uh, I am not retiring. No, I am not. And then my manager was like, well, what about disability? I'm not disabled. I'm coming back to work. And I went back to work. And that Christmas, well, that end of the year, we would get our bonuses, our Christmas bonus and raises. And they decided that they weren't giving me any more raises. And my bonus went from typically 4000 to 1000 mm. And when I had a conversation with the head partner of the law firm, he said that we decided you're highly compensated enough and we're not willing to pay. Those are exact quote. And we're not willing to pay you any more money. And I asked him, was he unhappy with, the, were they unhappy with the job I was doing? And he said, no, we're very happy. We're just not willing to pay you anymore. And literally when I walked back to my office, it was like God said, they do not get to dictate how much money you make. Yeah. And that was December of 2019. And after that, it's just been like 
a whirlwind of transformation. So I quit my job in uh, the end of May last year, 2021. So I still stayed there another year after that happened, but I was getting myself ready. Mm-hmm. And I almost quit before that. And I let my family talk me out of it. And um, it just came down to where I knew I had to choose them or me, that I Ooh. could not have the life I desired and work there and be under their control about, not only about the money, but they, they were then trying to change my hours after, like once the pandemic started easing up some, they wanted me to come back in the office and work later hours. And I had started building my coaching practice and I was saying to myself, I can't pick that job over me. I just mm-hmm. couldn't. Yeah. And I literally put my hands out in front of me and looked at my hands and I was like, is it them or is it me? <laughs> and I had to choose me. There's no way I could allow myself to look in the mirror and put other people before myself. And so this is the technicality of how I did it because people want to know how all the time. Mm-hmm. Again, what I did was bold and a lot of people wouldn't do it, but I spent 18000 to get certified as a life coach and I took some of it out of my 401k and then I got another credit card and put the rest on the credit card. I made my money back in a few months after getting certified, which was amazing. <laughs> and then when I decided to leave the job, I didn't have, a, I'm single, I've been you know, not struggling. I was making six figures, but still I live in the DC area. Six figures, not taking me too, too far. Mm. Um, I decided to refinance my house and take some money out and put it in the bank and quit my job and go all in on me. So I hired a coach and I like just started, I, I had already gotten a few clients when I was still working the job. But I just went all in on getting clients and starting my business and growing it. A lot of people are afraid to do that, like deathly afraid. Yeah. But I I honestly, that's where the faith comes in. Because I kept saying, like, I had brain tumor surgery. And the day that I had the surgery, literally before they wheeled me in, my family was all around me and they were praying for me and I just had this peace, like, God's not going to take me out like this. Like, I just had this knowing, like, mm-hmm. it's not my time to go. Mm-hmm. And that's how I kind of felt when I quit my job. Like, God got me. Mm. I literally, I, I, I just didn't believe anything bad was going to happen to me. So wow. I jumped and here I am today. And I do want to make a point because I don't even know if you would ask me about this, but I want people to know I have doubled my corporate salary in the first six months of this year. And I'm and I'm cheering you, y'all. <laughs> I am cheering and applauding so loud because again, we're talking about evidence. Like we we're so tied to the comfort, the quote unquote comfort, not even necessarily real comfort because um, we think that it's secure. And I think if anything, these past couple of years has shown us how not secure certain things have been, things that we thought 
we just took for granted they would always be there or that they would always be that way. And so I want to applaud you for having the courage and the faith and trust in yourself. But also, like you said, the most important thing is just that knowing that God got me, like no matter what. And I always think like, if we're, if we're blessed already, if we're already doing well, what makes us think that we would not still be receiving support from our creator when we're doing something, especially that is in alignment with our calling, something that is in alignment with joy and in our purpose and all of that. Why do we not think that we're going to be all right? You know, I think because we don't really have many examples. Mm. And, and the other thing is, I think sometimes people don't talk about their journey. Yeah. So you see like, oh, they start their business and they're on their way doing this thing, but they don't talk about the journey and what it took for them to get there. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm very transparent about the how, because most people kind of shut down and, and they're like, I don't know how to do that. Like, what does that look like? And yeah. it looks like betting on yourself. I pretty much felt that if for some reason I didn't get more clients or it didn't work out, I can always get another job. I can always figure out a way to make some money. Mm-hmm. There's not just one job in the whole world that I could have. Like if I really, you know, believed, oh, I don't want to be in business anymore. There's no limitations on getting another job. I just felt like that was the easy part. Yeah. Yeah. And not even limitations on ways to make money, which is the other thing, (laughs) you know, like we, we've been so conditioned to think that the job is the source and it's like, no, the job is a vehicle. It is not our source. You know, our creator, our God is our source. Yeah. And so I love that. Um, And I want to just touch on something that you talked about. I love your transparency and one of the things that I know because I've seen and and known about some of your your journey is that you follow the breadcrumbs and um, you you have the hustler spirit. So like, for example, mm-hmm. um, you were teaching. Um, so we we also both went through a program called Made to Do This with Kathy Heller, um, as well as our, our dear sister friend, um, Rakia Michelle. And but weren't you like teaching people because you had an expertise in Canva? So you were like just, you know, offering things and then people are coming to you for things based on just you having some skills. And that's a good starting point for people. Yes. And and that's what I teach now. Like, look at what you already know how to do. Yeah. And it was amazing because someone just said to me, I was posting a bunch of things that I'd made in Canva and somebody said, you're a Canva expert. And it was like, ding, 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 ding. I'm a Canva expert. I had not even ever thought of that. So I just decided I'm going to start teaching some Canva classes. Yeah. Like, it just popped in my head. That's all I could say. I say it all comes from God because stuff comes to me and I'm obedient. That's the thing. I'm not questioning. I'm obedient. So I started teaching Canva I started a money book club for free Mm -hmm. and I did that for about six months. And so people got to know, like, and trust me and see who I am. And then I started getting more one-on-one coaching clients and it's just 
continued to snowball, I give a lot of value. Like you were on my training today. That was the third week. This is the third week I've done a free training and I give a lot of value. Yes, you do. I literally <laughs> tell you what to do. I don't like give you half of the piece of the puzzle and you got to figure out the other piece. I tell you exactly what I did, what I help my clients do and how you can get there. And if you need support, I'm here to help you on the journey. And I, I feel it. like being so open and like, I don't believe in competition. Mm -hmm. So I'm not worried about like, somebody else teaching what I teach or taking the information or anything like that. So I just give it all away. And literally, you don't know this, but right before the call for the training, I got a new client and she, <laughs> she wasn't made to do this. We had to get off the call because I was, we was getting ready to overlap in the time that I was doing the free session. Wow. And she had been to my other sessions and she's like, I took notes. Everything was fabulous. I just know that it's time for me to go all in on me. Wow. So, and I, and this is the other thing. One of my clients, when I work with people six months, one of my clients had just finished last Thursday. And now this lady took her place. Wow. Cause I'm fully booked. <laughs> I'm actually fully booked. So I have like four people finishing up soon. And so I just have faith more people are on the way yes and that's the beautiful thing you and I have talked about this before too like there's been no shortage and it, it and it hasn't even been a situation where you've had to be like oh my god I gotta get out here I gotta make it happen I gotta I gotta get some folks in the door it's just like people just keep yeah. coming to you you are magnetizing um, the right people to you yes. the people who want what it is that you have yes and um, I'm glad so you that's said a beautiful the right thing. people yeah. The right people. Because the people that show up are almost like they're handpicked to work with me. Mm. Blows my mind. Like, oh, you've been doing the work. Okay, you really want this. You're ready. Yeah. I don't convince. They they pretty much now come to the call already bought in. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. I'm I'm aspiring to be in that type of energy as well. Um so I just love seeing that. Um, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about financial wellness. Stay tuned, y'all. Tune in to you and make 2022 your year of healthy living with the 30 Days to Healthy Living program. Using this holistic program, you'll create a foundation for a healthy lifestyle, regardless of your current lifestyle. For more info, click the link in the show notes. And welcome back, y'all. Um, I was telling Gail, I could talk to her for hours and I'm sure that listening to her, you probably feel the same way because it is just so engaging. She is so knowledgeable, but it's the generosity of spirit that you come with that I think really helps to magnetize people to you. So thank you for your generosity. Um, 
I want to talk about financial wellness because, you know, we, we tend to think of wellness as this umbrella having to do with, you know, mind, body, spirit, but part of that mind part and part of like, for example, even managing our stress or even thinking about the quality of life that we want to have or the kind of impact that we want to have in the world that has to do with our finances because we know that money is an energy that allows us to exchange and to do things in the world. So um, how have you dealt with the idea of managing scary feelings and, you know, going for your, your goals or your intentions? And we talked about faith, but, but yeah. I want to talk about like a practice that, people can have that can help them to manage their stress as they are going for their big money goals or whatever big vision that they have? Well, this might sound a little counterintuitive, but you have to lean into the beliefs that are causing the stress Mm. and not run from them, not try to soothe them, not try to make them disappear. Those feelings and thoughts have a lot of information in them. And I say that resistance is the way. So Mm. when those thoughts and feelings come up, it's important to examine them and see, are they your beliefs? Do they belong to someone else? Did you, is that what you really think? Mm. Is it really true? Because we scare ourselves to death and we make up all the stuff that really isn't true. So it's like, you have to, I think, you walk through the fire. Mm. You walk through the fire. Wow. And when you come out on the other side, you are transformed. And when you keep walking through the fire, the transformations just start piling up on each other. And that's what creates this new version of you, the willingness to walk through the fire. And I say, you don't have to do it alone. Mm -hmm. I literally tell people like envision yourself like in this dark tunnel and there's light at the end of the tunnel, but there's fire in there. But you know, when you walk through the fire, there's light there and I'm on the other side helping you like maneuver through the fire. That's, that's how it happens. Mm. You, you, it's, you can't avoid the stress. You you can't avoid it because your mind is going to think all, you're going to think all these things. But you can lean into it and learn how to feel the feeling yeah. because it's going to come up again. Yeah. And if you try to chase it away or push it away, it just makes it worse. It's like causes a battle instead of just saying, okay, I see you. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I will say to myself, <laughs> all right, brain, I, I see you. And yeah. just acknowledge it. And like I said, and walk through it. Yeah. So beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. And that's the thing is that we, we are so programmed and conditioned, of course, from a neurological standpoint to protect ourselves from, you know, our perceived uh, dangers or what have you, which oftentimes they're just really our projections. Then, then when we actually get into activity, some of the things that we thought were so scary are actually not as bad as we made them up to be in our heads. (laughs) So, 
Um, I want to touch on something that you said earlier that you went by so quickly and talk about how it has given you a sense of, of it's bolstered and kind of reaffirmed your belief in yourself. But you said that you manifested 50K in 10 days, $50,000 in 10 days, y'all. That is not, <laughs> that is not an insignificant amount of money. Um, for some people, that's more than they make in a year. And so what did that, first of all, how did you feel when that happened? And then what has that since done in terms of what you are now wanting to bring into your life? Hmm. Um, it felt scary. It felt weird. Like Ooh. that was not even my intention. You know, <laughs> I said I had been sick and I came back and I was like, I'm always thinking about how I can, what I can offer people. Mm. So at the time I was getting ready to raise my rates and I just said, I did a free training and I said, if you really want to work with me, I'll, I will um, offer you my old rate before I raise it. And then I went back to my current clients and said, okay, if you renew now, which was before most of their renewal time, but I said, if you renew now, I'll honor this price and so they jumped on it and so I I was surprised that that even happened like <laughs> and then some people missed it because I had a cutoff but they still invested anyway and the new price was double what the old price was and they invested yeah. at that double the rate so what was the other part of your question now that you've so you which is really interesting that you said that it felt weird because oftentimes we tend to think that when we hit a certain mark we're going to be like yeah I did it and you know all these things and like celebrating but the fact that it felt weird to you is interesting um but the the second part of the question was like then once you saw what you were capable of what has that done as far as what you are pursuing now and what you're what you're bringing forth as you attract even more as you you know envision your next more it's it's increased what I go after like the possibilities yeah. that I consider um because some things I just never thought were possible and I have to say you know I think I mentioned that I made 200 I don't know by the six month point I had made 205,000 it's more than that now um I had a little breakdown like I had to get coached around it because one of my friends asked me like how does it feel and I said guilty mm. he said why do you feel guilty and I said I don't know I just feel guilty and I got coached on that and broke down crying girl wow. because First of all, two things came into play. Again, I said I grew up very poor. So the year that I went to college, I filled out the financial aid form for my mom. Neither one of my parents went to college. In fact, neither one of them graduated from high school. Mm. That year, with four kids, my mother made $5,000. So I started thinking about, I made 50000 in 10 days. And it took her a year to make five, that like blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And then here I am at 205 and I'm like looking at the other people around me who like have regular day jobs and 
are still kind of in the mindset that I used the old me had. And it was like, I felt like I was leaving people behind or that mm. they wouldn't get it. And I have lost some friends actually that were not too happy about the changes I've made. So were they really friends? I don't know. Wow. So it felt unsafe almost. And again, that's a feeling that has to like integrate and settle into your soul and your body. Mm-hmm. It's not a familiar feeling because it's it's not even a dream I ever had. Like I, most people dream of winning the lottery. <laughs> That's how they think they're going to make a lot of money is lit, winning the lottery. Well, I knew I wasn't going to win the lottery because I never play. So how am I going to win if I don't play? <laughs> Right. Uh-huh. And and then my other dream was to make a hundred K and I made that on my job. And so for me, I was like, I'm at the end of the road. And most people are thinking this way, like, oh, I reached the cap for my salary for what I do. So it was like I thought, oh, it would be nice to make more money, but I didn't really believe it would be that possible. Um So when I did it, it felt like a shock to my system. And the other thing is I'm really bad about, like, I don't check my numbers continuously. Like literally my coach is like, okay, Gail, it's time to report your numbers. Like how much have you made in the last six months or whatever? And when I went and looked, I didn't even know I had made 205. (laughs) I had no clue. And literally, I had to keep going back and double checking the numbers. I was like, am I adding this right? I must have made a mistake. Something's not right. I probably added it. And I was doing it in a spreadsheet. And I still did it manually, did it on my calculator, like went back and checked my bank statements because I was like, how is that possible? Like, So now it's allowed me to dream even bigger. Mm -hmm. And also... I make sure I have a coach that has as many steps ahead of me so that they can help me step into the next level version of myself. So my coach is like, okay, Gail, it's time to double that. Well, I'm saying to myself, how the hell am I going to make 400K in six months? And I don't even really, I, I do know how I made it, but it didn't make sense to me, like how I made it. But then I'm like, but I'm fully booked. So that means I really can't take on many more one-on-one clients. So where is this 400K coming from? So I still have the same questions, concerns, fears, not big fear, but more like, okay, you said this is your goal. Now what? Like, what's it going to look like to other people when you don't make, you know, the same things that other people think I think it, but I let it pass. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I let it float away. So I don't give it fuel. I just dream big and keep holding on to faith. Yeah. Dream big and keep holding on to faith. And next year, I'm going to double what whatever I end up doing this year. Like, I don't know how. I have no idea. But other people have done it, so why can't I? That's what I think. Like, what I'm... What I'm desiring to do, multiple people have done it before. So why can I have it too? The microphone, that sound y'all just heard, that was the microphone hitting the floor. (laughs) 
Yes. Why not you? That's the question. If other people have done it, and even if they haven't, why not right. you? Yeah. Why so, can't you be the one? Yeah. You when know, you look for evidence. You know, yeah. if you want to look for evidence, mm -hmm. you can see that other people have done it before. Yeah. But like for me, at my life coach school, they have an award when you make uh, uh, your first 100K. I didn't even apply, which is so crazy. I was just all caught up in my head, so I didn't even apply. But I will next year. But my thing is, I told them I'm going to be the first, the oldest one to walk across the stage making a million a year. Wow. Nobody's done it within that school that's been my age or my color. Mm -hmm. No people of color. Only young people that are not of color have done that. But I decided, so I haven't seen it done before. They haven't seen it done before, but I decided that's what I'm doing. Love it. Again, I have no idea how, but I don't have to know how because the how, when you were talking about me following the breadcrumbs, that's exactly what I do. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a little like little clue right here. Okay, let me check that out. Let me go in that direction. Oh, okay, let me try this other direction. I just keep trying stuff and experimenting. And even, even sometimes my mentor doesn't even like what I'm doing. She's like, well, I suggest that <laughs> you do this, this, and this first. And I'm like, I know, but I don't want to. And I do what I want to do. Because Spirit is. gave me directions. So mm -hmm. if I'm getting divine instruction, why am I listening to man? That like, part. There's, yeah, <laughs> there's times when, yes, we can have a mentor, but we don't have to, we can take what we need and leave the rest. Mm -hmm. And I fully believe in that too. Like, I don't have to listen to everything you say. Yeah. And she, she, we, her and I joke, I'm like, I know you don't like this and you don't recommend this, but this is what I'm doing. And that goes back to that inner instinct again, you know, that you, you're not suppressing it and, and look at what it's done for you and look at what it's continuing to do. I absolutely love it. So tell everybody where they can follow you. Instagram or Facebook or my thing, um, Gail Keys Allen. I'm starting to get hoarse. I've been talking so much today. GailKeysAllen.com is my website. Gail Keys Allen is my Instagram, Facebook. If you just Google my name, it's K-E-Y-E-S, um, all the things will come up. Perfect. And it will be linked in the show notes. So, oh my goodness. Y'all, I am just again, so, so full from this conversation. And I want to thank you, Gail, for sharing so generously your journey, sharing so transparently and so open-heartedly and just being the light that you are. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed the conversation. And we will have to do this again. We, we are going to keep the conversation going. Yes. All right. Thank you. Well, did I tell y'all, this conversation was pure fire. I absolutely loved talking with Gail. And like I said, I could continue to do so for hours because it was just so enriching and there were so many ahas. And I just 
feel so inspired. And every time I talk to Gail, it just makes me think about all the things that I'm capable of. And so I hope it did the same for you. So here are some takeaways. Number one, choose you. It might be uncomfortable. Maybe that's something that you're not used to, but that's where the growth is. So go all in. Number two, you get to have an amazing life. So give yourself permission. Number three, keep your faith. You only need it to be the size of a mustard seed. And remember Gail's acronym, fully anticipate it to happen? Yes, anticipate it to happen. Number four, be willing to walk through the fire. That's where the transformation is on the other side. So I hope that you have enjoyed this episode as much as I have. And if you have gotten anything from it, do me a favor, share it with your family, your friends, your loved ones, anybody that you think could benefit from hearing this story and these amazing gems. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the podcast so that you can be notified whenever a new episode comes out. You can also write a positive review so that others can find the podcast. You can share a screenshot on your social media and tag me, and I will be so happy to give you a shout out. You can tag me at Nayama underscore sings on Instagram. And Gail is at Gail Keys Allen, K-E-Y-E-S. And also you can become a monthly supporter of this podcast at any amount that feels aligned to you. I know that you have many, many choices when it comes to your podcast listening. And I want to thank you so much for taking your time today to listen to this one. As always, I wish you peace and love and have a beautiful and blessed day.